This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 107 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, November 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we'll discuss the strategic partnership between Sega and Microsoft and just what that might mean for Xbox in the future. We'll discuss the latest updates on Halo Infinite with some pretty meaty updates on their season pass. And we're going to wonder just what Square Enix is thinking as they dump on Crystal Dynamics. Lastly, we're going to be offering some review impressions for Forza Horizon 5. Uh, Make no mistake, this game is elite. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness go to listeners who write in each and every week who are so supportive of XEP, who have checked out the the channel very recently. I've seen a nice little uptick uh, as we welcomed in John from Xbox Era and, of course, Randall Thor 19 from the Xbox 2 and his YouTube channel. I appreciate so many of you checking out XEP, giving it a shot and seeing if it's worthy of being in your rotation. And if it's not your jam, make no mistake, I harbor no ill will. I just appreciate you taking the time uh, to to see if it is for you. And I so appreciate that. Guys, this week, there is a lot to dive into. I've been playing Forza Horizon 5 for about a week and a half, two weeks now. I'm about 20 plus hours in on this game, and I am having an absolute blast. I'll have impressions for you uh, on that in the back of the show. I've also got a number of different things to talk about that are uh, meaty in their own respect, but very speculative, which I think is very interesting to say. And let's start with that, if you don't mind. Let's start with uh, some news on the Sega front and just what that might mean to Xbox in the future. It was announced this past week that Sega and Microsoft, of course, parent companies here, uh, would be would be partnering in order to take advantage of the infrastructure that Sega is in so desperate need of and that Microsoft absolutely has with its Azure cloud technology. Uh, And I should note, I'm answering one of these amazing listeners that writes in each and every week with Famous Seamus. He wrote in saying, what do you think of the partnership between Microsoft and Sega? Well, Famous Seamus, this segment is for you, sir. Sega announced in a press release that it would be aligning with Microsoft strategically in order to explore the future of games development. Now, this is a meaty statement, a lot of possibilities to take in. Uh, the parent group of Sega, Sega Sammy, said that they've agreed in principle to a partnership that's going to see Sega and its next generation of online games use Azure cloud technology. Now, we should note that this is not quite the same as the 
Sony deal that Microsoft made. Of course, uh, not PlayStation, not Xbox, but Sony and Microsoft made a deal that Sony could be making use of the same Azure cloud technology that is nearly unrivaled in the world. Very few companies uh, have the stature and infrastructure in order to offer cloud gaming and cloud computing networks like Azure. I mean, you need to think about Google uh, and perhaps Apple, and that's about it in terms of, of competitive uh, infrastructures. I'm sorry, I should also add Amazon in there. But beyond that, far more fiscally responsible to partner with one of those major companies than it is to try and create your own network. And Sega, for its own right, has a lot of IP, a lot of IP power, uh, and a lot of pillar games that are worthy of this infrastructure, but not necessarily worthy of building their own. Sega goes on to describe in this very same press release that they want to create its super game initiative, and they reference a global online community with IP utilizations as pillars. Uh, and really what you, you have to think of is that Sega's looking at games like Fortnite, they're looking at games like Call of Duty Warzone, perhaps Minecraft, uh, which are, are global phenomenons, they're online games, and they take advantage of existing IP uh, and franchises that were already there. So they didn't create something new. In the Sega realm, you have to think Fantasy Star Online, Yakuza, and Football Manager are all you know, ripe to be taken advantage of by a global online community if they do create kind of these mega online, massive online games. I think Fantasy Star Online is too is, is certainly uh, one of the easy jumps into that. Yakuza seems to be just only growing at this point, and you have to wonder if they maybe are trying to reach some sort of Grand Theft Auto level of of development and and prestige in order to kind of reach that level of audience. I mean, Grand Theft Auto is just an absolute phenomenon. Grand Theft Auto Five, specifically, uh, with just how many people it's reaching. I mean, it's it's released on three generations at this point, and it's still going. And it's online is just insane. <laughs> Meanwhile, Take Two doesn't seem inclined to make Grand Theft Auto Six. So you have to wonder if Sega isn't looking at that model, the amount of money being made there, and thinking to themselves, well, why can't we do this? The only thing that's really standing in our way is the time to develop it and the infrastructure to distribute it. So I would have to think that the Azure Cloud is kind of that future for them. And Football Manager, for its own right, is, is a worldwide phenomenon as well. We saw... Uh, on the Konami side, them move away from kind of doing a yearly pro evolution soccer to just creating its own uh, online version free to play. And we've seen FIFA make some adjustments there. EA, of course, doing a lot with its sports brands to try and uh, globalize a lot of its infrastructure. So perhaps Sega is seeing that and wanting to make its own you know, mega online games as well. Now, of note in this deal was that Sarah Bond made specific uh inquiries and spearheaded a lot of the discussions in this her involvement was very much uh what we heard got this deal over the finish line and there's little doubt that xbox has been working very hard to build relationship within asian markets and they've been very aggressive about how they go about landing this phil spencer's been involved in a lot of different uh, conversations of course but sarah bond's role seems to be more and more prevalent and again i say she is my dream interview for XCP. Goodness gracious, I would love to discuss just what it is she does on a day-to-day, -day, how she kind of arose into that role, uh, what she views her role as. I mean, she just seems to me to be uh, someone who is just a brilliant mind within the company of Microsoft and Xbox. And I think her, her face is becoming more widely known. I've heard many people speculate that perhaps she's being groomed to take Phil Spencer's job. I don't know that I... I 
subscribe to that idea, nor do I discount it. It certainly would make sense as she is so talented and capable. We've seen her in many presentations uh, displaying just this perfect presentation mindset, uh, being articulate and intelligent uh, and wise with what's going on. But it's nice to see that behind the scenes, she's equally involved there because that's not the stuff that we get to see on the gamer front as well. She's, of course, uh, a CVP for the gaming ecosystem. And as she spearheads this, and helps you know Microsoft deploy this Azure technology. You have to think that uh, it, it's only going to go well, and it means a lot for Xbox that Sarah Bond is involved, not just a Microsoft kind of talking head, uh, as it were. For Sega's part, I mean they've had a strong relationship with Microsoft and Xbox over the last few years. You have to think about the Halo Wars Two development with Creative Assembly. Um, they you know they made that. Also, uh, I've seen many people note that they want Halo Wars Three. I say many people. I saw Jess Corden note that I also want Halo Wars 3, and I am so, 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 so hopeful that that does get to happen in the future. This has nothing to do with the second deal that I know of. I just really want it to happen because I freaking love Halo Wars 2. Uh, and all of you should play it if you're trying to get you know caught up on just what's going on with The Banished. That's my little side rant there. But Sega has been making good use of Xbox Game Pass. You know, you have to think about the Yakuza series all coming to the to Game Pass. Streets of Rage 4 uh, came into Game Pass. They're using cloud technology and, and xCloud there. I would love to see a stronger partnership between Microsoft and Xbox, uh, Microsoft's Xbox division and Sega's gaming division as well. I mean, many people attributed the original Xbox to being the Dreamcast 2, and it makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons that need not be gone over but if you've got playstation rocking and rolling with so many of its uh eastern market asian market relationships and the final fantasy uh franchise seeming to be exclusive to them in future not at the moment but like in future they're certainly building towards a lot of exclusivity deals with i believe it's final fantasy 14 just just locked and loaded there final fantasy 7 remake yet to come out on xbox it would make sense that microsoft works to lock down its own asian market uh you know, Eastern Japanese style developed games as well. And if Yakuza is that, and if some of the other games within the Sega uh, IP franchise couldn't get an influx of cash to be distributed via Xbox Game Pass and xCloud, it would certainly make sense to me that they would want to build on that. Uh, whether or not that comes to pass, I'm not sure. This could very much be just an infrastructure type thing with Azure Cloud being um, the wave of the future as we distribute games online. But the fact that Sarah Bond was involved there, we've seen a lot of building of relationships between the two. And without a doubt, Sega has the IP, but hasn't necessarily executed on all of its games on, on a massive AAA front. I would love to see them build a relationship there. Um, that's been a rumor mill type thing for years at this point, And I don't think that these are necessarily the same thing, but I do believe it could open more doors as they continue to work together and work well together. Uh, here's hoping, here's hoping, because I do want to see this relationship build. I think the Azure cloud is absolutely the wave of the future in every single way, shape, and form. Um, we have Amazon doing their own thing, and Google Stadia tried that. If Microsoft, Xbox, and Sega can kind of come to an agreement and be understood, why wouldn't you do that? It's not a matter of just having the technology, Google Stadia. You need to have the know-how, xCloud. And so if you've got the know-how plus the IPs and the success rate and the numbers to boast, why not do that? We had recent numbers uh, showcase that something like uh, Game Pass is around 30 million, shy of what they were hoping to be, around 40 million. But of course, that's prior to the release of Forza Horizon 5 and uh, Halo Infinite, which, goodness gracious, do I have a nugget for you guys later on. 
Um, it's going to be pretty cool to see just where this goes and just what comes of this, if anything. I mean, this really might be a surface level agreement for us. And on the back end, it's really just a very corporate thing for distribution. But if something does come to pass on the gaming side, I am all there for it. Uh, I think there are two well-matched companies. You know, it's not a matter of wanting to see Xbox gobble everybody up. They just seem to be well-matched, Sega and Xbox. So here's hoping. Here's hoping. Well, I mentioned news on the Halo Infinite front. This comes in two parts. One rumor, one very much um, substantiated, you know, information that was released. IGN first for this month is Halo Infinite, and they've been getting a lot of information about what's coming as far as multiplayer, single player, etc., and they most recently shared news about the Battle Pass. Speaking with IGN, 343 Industries uh, showcased some Halo Reach-themed content for its Battle Pass in Season 1 and just what that's going to entail. Uh, I bring this up to you non-Halo fans or to non-multiplayer fans because I really like the, me the mentality that uh, 343 is going through with this one. They are having Battle Passes that can be uh, fulfilled at any given time they've gone on notice saying, as re and record as saying that they do not want your online experience with halo infinite to feel like a job in many of the ways that some of our live service games can be and i think they're alluding to perhaps kind of the destiny model which has a great model for for distribution and for content in many ways uh, they also let their fans down in, in a bit but the idea that you have to log in all the time and, and that's your one game it seems like 343 doesn't want Halo Infinite to be that oppressive, it's your job style game. So you can have, you know, multiple battle passes at any given time, but only one active at a given time. That is to say, if you don't finish season one's battle pass uh, and season two's battle pass is available, you can absolutely get that season two one and you can pick which one is active at any given moment. I really like that for rewards and for people that are uh, not able to devote the time that it might take in a typical online uh, online shooter and battle pass shooter i would have loved that to be happening with fortnite you know as i got into fortnite uh, around like season six or so when they did master chiefs drop in i would have loved to have had the marvel battle pass available to me or uh, a battle pass that has rewards that i'm interested in and pick and choose which one i progress through as my time allows and as my interest allows i've not played a lot of fortnite of late I've really been into some other games and in being into other games, I'm missing out on that content that goes away with 343's method. It very much seems like you can have that dad mom life and get to it when you get to it as you're able and enjoy it as you like. Um, I'm really appreciative of that. One of the interesting things of note also is that that battle pass and we've known this is challenge based like you have to complete X amount of challenges in order to progress through it as opposed to just a raw XP boost. I find this interesting because a lot of the Halo Infinite marketing out there is uh, all about double XP, right? You can go and you can get different codes from different you know, types of foods and, and you'll get that, that XP boost. So I'm curious what that means and how those two interact. I've got a few of them. Um, I'm not a Rockstar drinker, the drink, but they have some really cool skins. And Sarko sent me some codes for, for some Rockstar drinks. Thank you very much. If any of you are Rockstar drinkers, but not Halo players, and you've got those codes, please DM them to me because I'm not a Rockstar drinker, but I am a Halo player. So if we can mix and match and make it work, uh, I would love that. Also, if you DM me codes for Halo Infinite stuff, but you want me to redistribute them to the XCP community, let me know. And I'll be glad to tweet those out or send them to different people. I don't mind doing that. So if you send me something that you not necessarily want me to use, but you want the community to get, um, I'll be glad to do that as well. So uh, I'm very much for, 
happy for that one. Should note also back on this battle pass, season pass type thing for Halo Infinite, the first theme is Reach. Halo Reach being very popular. I think I kind of very quickly mentioned that. But all different types of cosmetics and unlocks for uh, Halo Reach and the Reach kind of lore that comes with it. If you haven't read the most recent book, Shadows of Reach, a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, I'm all in on this because they've got you know sets that you can mix and match different elements for, for Halo Reach characters, but also you can completely look like Noble 1 or even Noble 6, which is a big deal to Halo Infinite community members. Uh, I also hope that some of the unlocks from the Master Chief collection that they've done in the last few weeks are make their way into Halo Infinite as well, because they're very silly and very fun, uh, and I like that. One of the things they also noted was that you will not see Master Chief doing any type of like flossing or silly dance moves. They talked about that. They experimented with that. It just didn't seem to match, but they're getting that fix, that silly fix, that emote fix that you would get in other online arena shooter shooters. You're getting that via your AIs and the different personalities that they can take on, and that seems to me to be a perfect match. Um, I, I think about my my friend Adam Leonard and the Mega Dads who are not necessarily into Halo. And uh, congrats, by the way, to them. They blew past their goal in Extra Life. Cheers to you guys. Um, I really think about them in this front. Like, are they going to enjoy multiplayer? Because it is so accessible. There are bot matches. It doesn't need to be a sweaty game. Uh, and as I get older, I don't want a sweaty game either. I just want to play with my friends and win and have a good time and, and be silly, but still play Halo. And it feels like they're really working to to do just that. Now, I whispered into your ears a moment ago that there was a nugget of info that crossed my desk, and this is not one that I'm going to share, but you should pay attention to certain content creators. I'm thinking about Ty Guy Travis, who tweeted out that uh, <laughs> tweeted out that Halo Infinite players will be very excited. Or no, he said Halo players will be very excited on November 15th or whenever the Xbox 20th anniversary celebration is. I saw a few other things that crossed my desk on that one, and if what I'm seeing is true, he's right. And now I am not an insider and I'm not someone to leak information. I just, I can quote what Travis said on publicly and a few other content creators said publicly. And uh, yeah, it looks like Halo Halo players, maybe Halo Infinite players, have something to look forward to on November 15th. And that's kind of cool. Who knows if it comes to pass? Maybe it's nothing. I don't know. I don't have firsthand experience with this one. Uh, to my knowledge, I'm not in any sort of a review program at the moment for Halo Infinite. Uh, so, you know, maybe keep your eye on that space. Could be something cool in, a, in two weeks' time. How about that? Crystal Dynamics has been in the hot seat these past few weeks with Marvel's Avengers updates, things going really well, things going absolutely terrible, and then back to well again. Uh, I know my favorite punching bag is the Avengers, and a lot of you guys talk about that one, but Square Enix, their publisher, made waves this past week with by publicly dissing Crystal Dynamics, and not the first time they've done this. Uh, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda uh, said that the failure of the game could be blamed on choosing the wrong studio. Of course, saying that Crystal Dynamics was not the right studio to create the Marvel Avengers games as a service, that the title and skills of Crystal Dynamics did not match the vision of what they were trying to do, as they are historically a single-player developer. Uh, specifically, quote, he said, Nonetheless, taking on the games-as-service model highlighted issues that, are that we are likely to face in future game development efforts, such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our studios and development teams, end quote. Now, in premise, I very much agree with uh, Mr. Matsuda's statement, right? Crystal Dynamics was a very strange developer who had never made a live service game to work on a 
a live service games of service model for Avengers. They are historically a very successful single player developer as they made the uh, Tomb Raider revitalization series. And those were fantastic games, like absolutely fantastic games. Uh, and the single player of Avengers, pretty darn good. But he's saying that the skill set of Crystal Dynamics did not match what they were trying to do with a games of service model in Avengers. And in premise, I do agree with him. Despite my 23 days worth of game time in Avengers, I do believe that he is correct. What I don't agree with is the way that Square Enix consistently dumps on Crystal Dynamics. They did this very same thing when they talked about the Tomb Raider series. They talked about disappointing sales with the Tomb Raider series, and that Tomb Raider revitalization, that very first one in, I believe, 2013, had 3.4 million sales in its first month, and they still said they were disappointed. They wanted 6 million. And Square Enix, for its part, I really think has let down a lot of Crystal Dynamics uh, approaches. They've really dumped on them a lot publicly, and that doesn't seem to be healthy for the relationship. Square, of course, published Guardians of the Galaxy as well, developed by Eidos Montreal, who had the benefit of learning from the Avengers' failures. But Square pushed this, uh, pushed a lot of things onto Crystal Dynamics with the Avengers and putting it on both consoles. It should it should have been strictly PS5 Series SX, not last gen game uh, consoles. Clearly. Uh, Crystal Dynamics has worked really hard in the past few years to kind of recover that game, and they've got a lot of things coming that genuinely look good. I've got firsthand experience on that one. But Square dumping on them certainly does not help. And when you combine the news of Square consistently treating Crystal Dynamics poorly, of course, they nerfed that Avengers team, if you don't know that. They nerfed the Avengers team uh, that is still working on She-Hulk. I do know who She-Hulk who she is. I know some of the stuff that is coming. Uh, Paul Tassi even cited a very small thing I said on Twitter, which I probably shouldn't have. Um, they've got good stuff coming, but Square dumping on them multiple times just seems to be in bad taste. And I wonder very much how that could be helpful in any way, shape or form when Square consistently disses its own community, its own, you know, development community, and then also talks about how disappointing their numbers are when the numbers are great. The Tomb Raider series is fantastic and has sold millions upon millions of copies, but it just wasn't enough. And I think perhaps Square needs to consistently reevaluate what it is they expect from their developers and just how much support they're offering they've nerfed that cd team that is working on avengers and they're still expecting the same level of cadence they did not offer the support they needed in work from home which i have on first hand account and they're still disappointed well it's like well you need to support the teams with with what you're going to do if you're planning to publish and publish well uh and i it really feels like square enix consistently dumps on its western developers and i don't know if that's true I only have hearsay on that one, firsthand hearsay, but still hearsay. Um, it just seems very odd, very, very odd, the way Square treats Crystal Dynamics. And when you combine that consistent and, and repeated dissing of CD by Square, plus the now partnership between uh, the initiative and Crystal Dynamics, I would not be surprised if by 2024 there is an acquisition, which I know is, is rumor mill stuff, and I, I grant you that. but there, I wouldn't be surprised if Crystal Dynamics becomes part of Xbox. We've seen Crystal Dynamics work closely with Xbox. We knew that know that Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, I should say, was a timed exclusive. We've seen that the Daryl Gallagher, Daryl Gallagher, man, I'm sorry guys, my voice is really fading already. Uh, move over and work with the initiative, and then build that relationship there. It seems to me that Xbox and Crystal seem to have a very good relationship unlike Square Enix. And I, I think I'm ranting a little bit at this point, but I'm just very frustrated when I see a publisher beat down its developer 
who is hampered by situations. And I don't mean that specific to my own bias of enjoying Avengers, despite its many, many, many flaws. Uh, I mean, I just don't like seeing people beat up on developers. It's very frustrating. And they take enough heat in the gaming space, and we consistently talk about how nobody should be treated poorly by gamers, receive death threats, receive uh, some of the hate they get online. And then to see a publisher do that kind of backhand smack talk is just very disappointing. I can't imagine... Uh, anybody at Sony going out and dissing, you know, Insomniac or uh, any of its, its premier developers, same with Xbox. I mean, that would just be so disrespectful and terrible for the culture. And gaming has worked so hard to build better cultures and call out bad culture. I think about Riot, I think about Call of Duty, I think about so many other uh, situations in which they're calling out bad culture. Ubisoft, goodness gracious, fix it, Ubisoft. Um, and to see Square do something like this, it's just... It's frustrating. It's 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 very frustrating. And and dumping on your own developers, how is that good for community, for development? How is that going to help in any way, shape, or form? It's it's frustrating. It's frustrating to say the least. Hi, this is Jeremy Gritton, art director and story lead for Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Forza Horizon 5 launched to incredible reviews. Now, in this particular case, I was very fortunate to receive an early code from Xbox. To me, this was a very emotional moment because I've been working hard to try and gain the attention of, of uh, Xbox after two years of XCP and land some of those codes uh, from Xbox proper. In this case, I was successful, and it was really cool to kind of have the chance to experience a AAA game of this caliber uh, early and offer you guys review and insights. Um, I had had another big win with Guardians of the Galaxy a few weeks prior, ironically published by Square, but with Idos Montreal. Um, it, it was really cool to get to play Forza Horizon 5 and experience it with a small group of creators and to watch the review process take place from other creators who were in the know uh, and kind of do that alongside them. I'm about 20 hours in on Forza Horizon 5. Uh, I know my buddy Ains over at Season Gaming. He did his review for Season Gaming. Uh, and he put in way more time than that. And his review was extremely thorough. Um, but as a non-car guy, I've been playing Forza Horizon 5 the way I think so many others are, are going to be playing it. And that is very casually and enjoying just what Forza Horizon experience has to offer. Uh, in many ways, Forza Horizon 5 is more Forza Horizon. And if you love those games, that's not a bad thing. But it does everything. And I do mean everything that Forza Horizons 3 and 4 did well, it does them better. Gone is the four-hour prologue of Forza Horizon 4, and very quickly you're dropped into this new scene of Mexico. You'll experience multiple cars, multiple types of races, from street races to uh, these big grandiose land races to PR stunts to just the standard kind of circuit type of runs. It is incredible, and there's, some, there's something like seven-plus biomes in Mexico, and I've got to say... Whereas I and many other people were very bored with the environments of Forza Horizon 4. The gameplay was elite and top-notch in Forza Horizon 4. The weather was incredible, but uh, Britain really didn't do it. The UK didn't really do it for me in terms of landscapes by comparison to Australia in Forza Horizon 3 and now Mexico in Horizon 5. I have never seen a better-looking racing game, a better-looking game in general on Series X on an OLED uh, device than I am with Forza Horizon 5. And I've got to tell you, Everything about this game feels elite. Everything about it feels polished and perfect. And the, the extra year development cycle just 
absolutely has paid dividends. This game is incredible. The cars look amazing. The world looks amazing. And Playground has crafted something very special. You're dropped in, no longer working to chase followers, no work, no longer working to build uh, your own clout as a driver in the Horizon Festival. Instead, you are the lead of the Horizon Festival, and you're just working to expand locations and discover different elements of Mexico that can make the Horizon Festival that much more. And while other games, most recently Riders Republic, uh, Steep, and the crew are working to try to be Horizon, Horizon is just doing it that much better. One of the coolest things that you, that I noticed as soon as I booted up is the first thing it said to me was, hey, Luke, it had imported my settings from Forza Horizon 4 and a bevy of unlocks from previous Forza Horizon games granted me with new cars right away, uh, which was so cool. You get to pick from three starter cars a la Pokemon, and the stress of that moment was quickly alleviated because you are unlocking cars so quickly with its wheel spins and super wheel spins that you get points for uh, building towards with everything, everything you do, if you are the type of player that plays it very casually, runs into stuff, bounces off the wall, off of walls, that's me. That's my drive guitar bumping you guys out there. Um, I was getting points galore here and there. If you're the type of driver that does clean racing and wants to go through and, and knock out every single experience board before you do anything, there are points out there for you and you're going to unlock so many credits and you'll do so many different things in this world that there is no way you won't have fun with it. This is a 90 plus Metacritic game already. And that is so accurate. This game is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's playable and it's accessible. And everything about it to me just screams quality and elite big time win. Uh, there was some questions surrounding the idea of, you know, when does Forza really release? Does it release on its launch day? Or uh, if you play pay for that premium add-on bundle, if you have Game Pass, it's only 45 bucks to get all the expansions to come and uh, early access, right? So everybody could play it starting on November 5th. Or if you paid a hundred bucks and you don't have Game Pass, that's what you did. Uh, what is it like to play it that way? When's the release date? Honestly, I don't know uh, how to tackle that question because if you can play it, I think it's reviewable. If you can play it and people can buy it and it's there, you should be able to review it. And I'm absolutely doing just that. I had early access, which was a gem and a joy, um, but it, it uh, to me, the game was out on November 5th, not necessarily it's, full release date for for game pass members and people who paid for the standard price i know that's a hot button topic and i have a lot of thoughts on it i mean there are a lot of people wondering just why forza horizon 5 standard edition releases whereas gears of war 5 gave you the ultimate edition if you had it on game pass and i think these are experiments that microsoft is running to figure out what people are willing to be substantiated and satiated with via game pass versus what they are willing to uh pay for in terms of an add-on price as well these are experiments and with forza horizon 5 anybody that bought that early access premium add-on bundle to get a few a few days early access it wasn't really about the three days extra you're getting to play it's about the expansions that are to come and when you look at forza horizon's track record of having that incredible hot wheels expansion in forza horizon 3 uh, the super dope lego expansion in forza horizon 4 you have to know something amazing is coming with forza horizon 5 as well and then kind of the non-eclectic, non-strange oddities of the expansions of the old ones. I mean, I thought the, uh, was it Fortune Island? Whatever that really cool island was in Forza Horizon 4. I mean, there's got to be some dope stuff happening with, uh, with Horizon 5 as well. I cannot recommend this game enough to anyone, whether you're a racing fan, whether you're a non-racing fan. Uh, this game is just, it's just incredible. 
And for me, it's the accessibility, the idea that I can jump in there. Uh, and I think I use the word accessibility as in like a casual racing player. There are a bevy of accessibility options, menu narration, different types of zoom elements. Uh, for anybody that has any type of special need that is a racing fan, it looks to me that they've taken a lot of things into account, even down to, and this is so dope, even down to sign language narration of its cutscenes. That's incredible. I love seeing this. Oh man, I was praising Guardians of the Galaxy for its uh, accessibility options. And yet again, Microsoft ups the bar. They did so with Gears. They're doing so with Forza. You have to imagine Halo Infinite does something as well. But without a doubt, this is a AAA game to the nth degree. 90 plus Metacritic if you care about those things. I'm not really one for scores. I had to give a score to Guardians of the Galaxy when I was doing it for season gaming. And uh, it was painful for me to put a number on there. Uh, and ironically, I came in much lower than other critics, which I thought was cool because all the complaints that they had were the same complaints that I had. I just seemed to knock the game and praise the game uh, in different areas of weight there. Uh, but back to Forza Horizon 5, it's really cool to see such a big win for Xbox fans and for Microsoft Xbox Game Publishing because they've been working so hard. Now they're landing one of those those big, big exclusive wins for their catalog. And it's uh, it's pretty cool to see that this is kind of the full-on, we've had great games hit Game Pass. This is a full AAA Xbox Game Studios release for Game Pass. Uh, on the heels of Age of Empires 4 for PC, which is really cool. Halo Infinite coming around. Do yourself a favor. If you're if you're not already in on Forza Horizon 5, download it on Game Pass, whether you're on Cloud, Xbox One, PC, or Series SX, and try it. See if this game is for you. I love Forza Horizon 5. I've seen so many creative elements and event labs that people have put together. I did a really cool Jurassic Park race that a player created, which was really cool. Um, I'm so in on this. And the only thing missing for me are the little nuggets of like, do I get to drive the Batmobile later on? I've seen a DeLorean. That's kind of cool. But those are real cars, right? Do I get to drive some fictional cars? Because I would love to do that. Will I get to play uh, something other than just being in the Warthog? Will there be another Halo style level from Forza Horizon 4? I've seen some people knock that. I loved that level. I want more of that. I want a Sea of Thieves level. I want a Gears of War level where I'm driving around uh, in an armadillo trying to get through and, and outrace a brumac and stuff. I want those creative silly levels where I get to drive through and, and plow through fighters from Killer Instinct or see Doom Guy uh, in a vehicle suited to him. I, I like that idea. And I don't mean Forza Kart. I just mean something akin to that Hot Wheels, to that Halo race, to that uh, Lego stuff. Why not? right? I want to see that. So here's hoping we see more of that. I'm, I haven't discovered it yet. Maybe it's coming. Maybe it comes in on this 20th anniversary or the launch of Halo Infinite. Who knows? But I would love to see them continue to celebrate their other franchises. I will say my car horn is the Sea of Thieves theme. So that's kind of cool. Do, 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 do. Call of Duty Vanguard did release. The campaign is getting some very good reviews. Of course, I had made a statement about not wanting to play any Activision or Call of Duty stuff given the way they've been treating their uh, employees, and I'm really kind of frustrated with it. Um, still mixed on this one. I know a lot of people are enjoying Vanguard's campaign. Can't say the same for multiplayer. It seems to be more of the same, very buggy and such. I'm curious to know how this does, and I've got more to talk about down the road uh, with Call of Duty Vanguard and what's going on with it. Specifically because I'm curious how it lands with some of this potential Halo stuff next to Battlefield, which is kind of meh. 
and and just what happens in the shooter space halo is ripe for the taking this year couldn't be better poised for it but the question is can it dethrone something like warzone or can it really eat into either the battlefield or call of duty markets i don't know because it's of course it's it's halo and and that has its own level of stresses next to call of duty but uh you know quality wise it's certainly gonna be the most polished shooter no doubt about it in terms of infinite uh but yeah call of duty vanguard did release not a lot of fanfare happening on my timeline very curious to know just what happens uh in future with that uh people have been asking me what i'm working on in the interview front i did something that i'm not sure if i'm glad i did it or not i did put out on twitter that i'm hoping to try and connect with people kind of in the xbox space uh about their roles and what it is they do. And I don't know that I like putting things out on Twitter like that, but of course there's advice from people like Paris Lilly who say, try to manifest it because uh, it worked for him. And who knows if that's good advice or not for me, but uh, I did just kind of put out there that I want to talk to some of these people in the creative space about what it is they do. You know, like what does it mean to be a program lead for accessibility? What does it mean to work with partner relations? What does it mean to work with uh, creator relations? I want to sit down and talk to these people about their day to day and find out, uh, how they help games come to pass on something other than the development side. So I put that on Twitter. I don't know if that helped my cause at all, but uh, who knows if, if it will help me connect with some of the voices behind Xbox and what it is they do to kind of bring games to gamers in a way that is not uh, strictly making games. I would love to kind of share their stories. I do enjoy interviewing people. We'll see if that happens. I've reached out to some other creators. I've got some cool things kind of in the works, but it's all a matter of timing. The industry is very busy. I'm only now freeing up on my schedule uh, to see that I can't start talking to people. And we'll see if, you know, with the holidays and the big releases, there are people who are willing to talk. I'm hoping that they will. Uh, I absolutely want to have more people on here for you, but I know people were asking me who the next big interviews are, and it's a matter of who's available, what type of people I can spotlight, but also I don't want all, every interview to be the biggest. I want to I want to spotlight some of these indies as well. And so it's all uh, about that. Now, let's get to some listener mail. Uh, a couple great questions writing in. I know we've already addressed a few of them in passing. Uh, this question comes from Court Lalonde. Court, by the way, just rocking it with his content creation. Congrats to you, my man. It's cool seeing all your success. He says, is Forza 5 your game of the year? Um, that's a tough question. At the moment, it's hard to argue in terms of quality. Uh, when I think about my game of the year for this year, Resident Evil Village is up there, Death's Door, uh, Forza Horizon 5. I know I'm missing one. I think Hitman 3 probably. Not a lot of big game of the year candidates in terms of like super high quality games because of the pandemic and some of the delays. Uh, it would have been Ragnarok if, if Ragnarok had come out and, and it had been at the same quality of God of War. Same with Gotham Knights that probably be competing for me. I'm looking forward to 2022, man. I'll tell you that. Uh, but at the moment, I think it's hard to argue, uh, but I'm so... The recency bias is strong, right? Like I want to be removed from it a little bit. Uh, being removed from a game really does tell you what kind of an impact it made on you, but hard to argue the quality. Uh, I don't think I've played a better game this year than Forza Horizon 5. Uh, being removed from my Guardians review, I think I maybe rated it low next to seeing everybody else's, but like the best games I've played this year, Death Store, Guardians, Hitman 3, Resident Evil Village, uh, Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, it's a good question. I'll have to think on that one. Not because I am avoiding your question, but because recency bias is an actual thing. Um, like, I really love Hot Wheels Unleashed, which sounds so silly to so many people, but, like, that game's really good. Really good. And after playing Forza Horizon 5, it's like, oh, is it really good? Yeah, it's still really good. It's just a different thing. Different thing. Uh, another question comes from Mr. Edward Varnell. He says, 
Do you think the low-key success has worked well for Microsoft this year? It's not a bad thing, but they seem to stay on a successful and positive track throughout 2021. And with a fantastic E3, it seems they will continue to rise in their success. Um, Good question, Edward. I was thinking about the term low-key success and whether or not it's low-key versus something like Nintendo and, and Sony. And honestly, I think they've had more high-key successes in the space of people that are informed, right? Like the people that listen to podcasts and such uh, are... Microsoft's winning this year in terms of its news and momentum in terms of like its positive reactions to things. Microsoft, I think, has had a better year than any of them. But in terms of the mass public, the people that are not in the know, I think it is very much low key success. Uh, and, and so, like, you can't, it's hard to dethrone Nintendo and Sony with their incredible IP. I, I've long said that Nintendo is terrible when it comes to the treatment of their fans. I mean, that N64 expansion pack emulation is awful i mean if you look at the comparison screens they've really treated a lot of their fans of some of their best properties best games poorly in terms of how they emulated those n64 games and the expansion pack pricing is just it's bad and it it has to be called out that it is bad um in the same way that that sony and xbox kit fans will call out their developments and their communities as being bad right like that uh the infamous the price hike in xbox live gold was just terrible and everyone called it out and they, they course corrected as they should have. It was a terrible choice. How Nintendo gets a pass is continuously beyond me, nostalgia or not. Um, how I look at Sony, they're in this kind of mixed realm. Sometimes they get called out, sometimes not. I thought they really did a bad job with their most recent state of play. It was really disappointing because they had these developers that they put on a pedestal for this show and they didn't set proper expectations to everyone. And then everybody went after these developers of games that look great. For their, you know, for for their fans, and I thought that was very disappointing. And I hope that people took Sony to task and not the developers there. Uh, so people that are in the know, I don't think it's low key success for Microsoft. For people that are not in the know, I do think it is, and uh, I think we're going to see that continue to rise. Um, both Sony and Microsoft are selling out of their, all of their consoles; they can't keep them in stock. Sony seems to be winning in the unit sales department. They're able to produce more units and. Um, they've got very good relationships in the in the east with with asian markets and that's awesome um, microsoft seems to be going on all cylinders and i don't know how you don't say they're successful but their unit sales seem to be lower from what i'm gathering their engagement is higher sony put out some incredible exclusives with ratchet and clank and returnal and returnal is getting some wins and dubs lately that's awesome to see microsoft just did forza horizon and they've got uh infinite on the on the horizon forgive that pun that was accidental that time you know, it's 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 interesting, but uh, I do think that continued success will happen. I also think it's going to be a rising tides lift all boats. Like, I don't see Nintendo stumbling. I don't see Sony stumbling. I don't see Microsoft stumbling in any grand way. Gaming is more popular than ever and seems to continuously be on the rise. The only way that Nintendo or Sony would stumble is if they can't get a cloud distribution method uh, out to people, and there's no way either of them would drop the ball on that in a 10-year plan. Nintendo is most likely to not do something well, uh, in that realm, and even they are recognizing the value of online and trying to make amends and work with things. Um, but they're trading on nostalgia, whereas Sony is trading on some incredible IP production, uh, and Microsoft's building and acquiring things, and there's a lot of really cool stuff for all three, and so cheers to them. Great question, Edward. I hope you're doing well, man. I'm sorry I missed a few of your questions the past few episodes, but uh, cheers to you, buddy. Cheers to you. Last question this week comes from Mr. Stuffed Sean. He said, after seeing all the Halo Infinite marketing, although they aren't linked, are you excited for the Halo TV series? Uh, he's talking about some of the commercials that have been released of late and some of the teases and live action stuff. Are, you know, 
are they are you excited after seeing those commercials versus the Halo TV series, which is set to launch in 2022? He says he is interested to see how it does. Uh, Sean, absolutely, I'm interested. There's no way I was ever not going to be interested in a Halo live action product. Um, to that effect, I'm curious is what level of quality is it truly going to be at? I know it's on Showtime, which doesn't seem to be highly, you know, marketed. I, at least it was on Showtime. Now that I'm saying that, I'm doubting it. If it gets to a major network, I think we're in a good spot like HBO Max, Disney Plus, or uh, Netflix, something like a, a very well distributed thing. I'm curious to know just how that works because um, I don't know a ton of people that have the Showtime app, if that's a if that's still where it is. I know it, it was in flux. That TV series has been in languished development, so I'm very excited for it, for sure. I don't know that I have a huge amount of confidence in it, but I've seen some cool live-action stuff for Halo. I've seen some very disappointing stuff for Halo live-action. So uh, I don't know, man, but I'm absolutely all eyes are on it. I'm there for it. It looks like 2022 is going to be a year of Halo for sure. Uh, I know we've got some, some good stuff with Halo Infinite landing in the next two weeks, and then you got the release official of the campaign, and then you got the Forge and co-op campaign coming early next year. You got a few other kind of things happening on the Halo front, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, man, I'm stoked. I'm there for it. I'm excited. All right. I've talked enough. My voice is fading. Thank you to all of you who have checked out XCP, who have rated it on iTunes, who have written in and followed me on Twitter at InsipidGhost or emailed me insipidghost at gmail.com. I had a gentleman named Keith email me a really fantastic email the other day. Uh, I don't know if you wanted me to read it on air, so I did not, but I really appreciated your message, my friend. Um, cheers to all of you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Keep your eyes on that halo space. Cool things are coming uh, and take care, everyone. Thank you.